Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to season two of that Gabby Roslin podcast. Back with more absolutely blooming, fantastic guests. I always love chatting to the fabulously funny Josh Whittacombe. We talk about his brilliant book, which is out now, called Watching Neighbours Twice a Day. So we, of course, chat all about the 90s and his love of Jet from Gladiators. Plus, his hilarious podcast, Parenting Help with Rob Beckett, Taskmaster, The Last Leg, and how he feels TV has changed over the years. And really, even just thinking about him makes me laugh. He's brilliant. Enjoy. Please, can I ask you a favour? Would you mind, please, following and subscribing, please, by pressing the follow or subscribe buttons, please? This is completely and utterly free, by the way. And then you can also rate and review on Apple Podcasts, which is the purple app on your iPhone or iPad. Simply scroll down to the bottom of all of the episodes and you'll see the stars where you can tap and rate. And also, please write a review. Thank you so much. How many places was that? Probably too many, but please, thank you. Hello, Josh. Hello. I'm so you... sorry. I had 3.30 no. in my diary. No, did you actually forget? Go on, be honest. No, I swear, I wouldn't have been able to turn it around this quickly. I, would, I wouldn't, I, I'd, <laughs> I'd have been 10 minutes away if I'd actually forgotten. <gasps> Lovely I was just doing him. another podcast. I was just doing me and Rob's podcast. And with Frankie Bridge was 10 minutes late. And I was like, this is unbelievable. And now I'm the guy that's 10 minutes late. An hour yes! later, I've made the same mistake. Yes, it's absolutely fine. Listen, we'll wait for you. No oh, problem. thank you. The man Sorry. who was brought up in Postman Pat land. <laughs> yes, I was. That's me. It's Is that a... really? Did you really say that? I think that's a very good description of where I was brought up. I don't know if that's a direct quote. But, yeah, well, um... it was from 2015. It said, I think the simplest thing is if you say, uh, if you say that I was brought up in uh, Postman Pat land. I think that's a fair description. I wish I'd remembered I'd said that. I'd have, I'd have spilled it out a bit more often in the last five years. It's a um, good but, one. Yeah. Yeah, I grew up in the middle of nowhere, mate. Four people in my year at school, Love village her. with a post office and a pub, Love and her. the post office is now closed down. Oh, you don't know. say that. Oh, no, well, don't, don't worry about it. No, no, but I find that really sad. I really do. I love the idea. I I remember when I was a little girl, which was obviously before you were a little a mm. little boy, not little girl. Um, that there was a, a shop around the corner, 
And we knew the woman that ran it, and she was called Katie. And she had yeah. sweets and jars before yeah. it was trendy to have sweets and jars. Yeah, we had sweets and jars. So you get and you get them in a quarter or in would it be two ounces or a quarter? I can't even remember what the but a quarter was like too many sweets. What would that even be? A quarter of a pound? I don't even know I what that would be. So. Of course, yeah. I don't know. There were there were a lot, and you, you the, yeah. and um, my brother liked one, and I liked another. I only liked the fake bananas. Oh, the foam bananas! Yeah. Yes, they are good. They're really good, mate. You've made what a good did decision. You go what did for? your brother like? Oh, no, my brother liked the sherb lemon sherbets. I didn't like that. Hey, do you not? I I think I just just I was into it all. Really, I don't. I occasionally I'd even go for the cough sweet ones, which is madness. Looking back, oh the, no, the cough candies. Or the yeah. Pontefract cakes. Oh yeah, God, God, we've we've gone back very quickly that's here, so haven't weird. we? Weird. I have. That was nowhere. I wasn't going to go there at all. But hey, that's why yeah. I completely adore you. I was going to obviously go back to the nineties because we're going to go back to the nineties a lot because of your book. But um, do you know? I it's so lovely reading about you, all the different things because you keep yourself to yourself, and through your podcast, which thank you for having me on. Uh, with you and oh, Rob. Oh, you were great I, on it. You were amazing. I think I, I think I might have actually possibly wet myself because I was laughing. It, it so felt much. like you might break a break a rib from laughing, which was oh. exactly what we want. That's the the spirit you want, isn't it, on a podcast? But I think also that I personally want that in life. You make me laugh. You and I, I've said this to Rob, and you know how much I love Rob for for many years. Yes. And. But I like people who've got funny bones, and you're another one who's got funny bones. It's just great to make people laugh. It's the most fun you can have, right? I don't know. I, I don't understand people that are kind of... I mean, obviously, we're all serious about things at times, but, like, the best fun you can have is making people laugh, whether that's face-to-face, in your work, or, you know, on a WhatsApp group or whatever. They're the people you want to be spending time with, right? Did you make the other four people in your primary school laugh? <laughs> I was I was a bit of a non-character back in the day, like I was I was a bit more of a big character at primary school because I was like, um, you know, big fish and all that. Um, oh, there's only four of you. You there's yeah. got to be yeah 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 exactly. It's, it's you're all big pond. fish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're all big fish. But um, so I didn't. I, I would. I was a bit of more of a bigger character at primary school, but at secondary school, I was. A, I didn't make anyone laugh for five years. I just completely disappeared. Just completely really? went under the under the radar. From from shyness or from from what putting your head down and working? I think it was like um, it not so much shyness because it was like I had mates and I'd hang around with my mates and stuff, but just stuff like um, I just didn't want attention. I suppose that is shyness to an extent, but not in the way that you can't talk to anyone or anything. But I just I just wanted to fit. I just fitted in and. The way to fit in was just kind of be as unmemorable as possible. I don't think I was consciously doing this, by the way. I think this is me afterwards going, oh, yeah, that's who you were at secondary school. You were just kind of the kind of extra person. You were the kind of, if they'd done a pointless round about my school, I would have been the pointless answer. Do you know what I mean? I was that one no one remembered. Yeah. But you didn't feel sorry for yourself when you did that? No, because I still have my mates and stuff. So it wasn't like, because obviously not having mates would have drawn attention to myself. So you're still like, you've got your friends and you've got, but they're middle level social group. Do you know what I mean? On the periphery of that, all the kind of average things. But that's okay. It's funny. It's, yeah. it's, it's really weird when people talk about their childhood and 
being just fitting in or being shy or being average or nothing special, whatever. That's what most people are, aren't they? Totally. I think there's this presumption with comedians that you're either the class clown or you're the person that was bullied and learnt to make people laugh to stop them bullying you. That's the two options you have as an origin story. And people can't believe it's not one of those two if it's not one of those two. But it was just with me, I just really liked comedy and really liked watching comedy and then really liked the process of kind of making it. So, But you've only, I mean, you're relatively new. I mean, I, I, it's such a weird thing. I mean, you've been doing it since 2008. But yes. that's still relatively, I mean, it's 13 years. That, But but there must have been a moment that you said, okay, I'm going to now do this as a job. It did, Or did it just happen? Because for some people it just, you sort of fall into so it. But there must have been a moment. I, I, I did a gig. My first gig I went well. And it, you know, and then... If that hadn't gone well, I think I'd have quit straight away and I'd have never have gigged again and all no, that kind really? of stuff. No, really? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I'm strongly God. of the belief that there's a, like, a, not the belief, but I think there's a parallel universe in which loads of people that aren't comedians now who are just as good as us, you know, but just had got unlucky with that first gig, could be huge comedians. And these big comedians that you see on TV, you know, just didn't... They just didn't have the impetus for some reason. A couple of gigs went against them or something. So, in that sense. But I just... I gigged for two years on the open mic circuit. I I came out of a long-term relationship about a year into that. And by that point, I was like, well, I've got nothing else to do now. It's like I'm in for a penny and for a pound, I suppose. So maybe at that point was when I kind of went, this is what I'm going to do. It's quite a... It is a gamble. And I, I, I mean, I love it as a gamble, but... But and I said to all the comedians that we had on um, the last season and also on this, and so Tom recently, to your uh, Tom Allen and your yeah. Tom Allen, your Tom, your Tom Allen. Allen, your Tom uh, Allen. <laughs> but 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 everybody who says this, all it's that thing about standing up on stage and if a joke doesn't work, still believing in yourself enough, or a story doesn't work, believing in yourself enough to say, okay, I'm just gonna try again. That would just, inside, my stomach just goes into knots, the thought of doing stand-up. That's mad, because you do live TV and radio, yeah, right? That's, but that's fine, that's, that's fine. No, it's not. That's but I don't terrifying, have to, right? I, I'm just, No, not at all. There's nothing greater. But that's all the, all the comedians I know, from, from Alistair McGowan to Rob and mm. you and mm. Alan and all the rest, I don't know how you can stand up there and pedal your wares brilliantly as you all do, and some, and then not get a laugh, and then be able to go on the next night. Would one laugh? Would one failed joke have killed Gabby Roslin's stand-up career? No, it wouldn't. But it's fascinating how you guys keep going. I don't. I don't yeah. do jokes. I just fall over. As you know, my favourite thing is if anybody <laughs> falls. If you fall over, then I'm I'm happy and I'll wet myself laughing. But but. <laughs> But for a stand-up, I just think there's a real brave... I think you have to be very brave. I I think, yeah. But I think, obviously, you desensitise to anything. So, I filmed a thing recently with a a woman who'd done... She was like a kind of Guinness World Record-holding skydiver. She'd done 4,000 skydives or whatever in her career. And we had to go up in a plane. And I was utterly terrified. And... She was 
loving, literally loving it. Mm. And I just thought, I spend my life being told that I've got a brave job and I can't even go up in a plane. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I am the <laughs> biggest weed you've ever met, Gavin. I didn't climb trees as a child. I was too scared to climb trees. I don't like confrontation of any sort. I am absolutely... Like, I live my life in fear, apart from, for some reason, when I'm doing Mot the Week or whatever, when I'm fine. Wow. Why is that? I don't know. Because that's you. That's, that, like I said, you've got it in your bones. Yeah. And I enjoy it. And also, it gets easier. It gets easier, right? Oh, so, you know, you talk okay. about going on and um, jokes going badly. By the time you're on tour, you're playing to a thousand people that have all paid to see you. And you're doing stuff that you've done enough times that you know it works. Everything works by that point, generally. It was most, it's most galling in those first two years where you're the worst you are at the job doing the toughest gigs. I was doing gigs to like two people. I did a gig to two people and they were on a date. And you're no, like, is, I don't believe it. Are you exaggerating yeah, or you really mean I'm it? I'm not exaggerating. That's true. It was above a club <gasps> in Camden. They're on a date. There's 15 acts and just two people on a date sat there. And you're like, this is horrible. Oh, my Everyone goodness. involved. One of the comics had driven from Cardiff to do the gig. And you're like, oh, no. what a life this is. is what he have still we chosen doing it? here? Is he still doing it, that um, Cardiff guy? I think he is. He's, I think he is. I think he's professional oh, he? in Germany, strangely. In Germany? Oh. Yeah. There's so many things so- I want to say about that, but I probably shouldn't. <laughs> I really shouldn't. Different sense of no. humour comes to springs to mind, but there we go. Yes, um, yes. But all the stuff, because you were saying about me, so you do live telly, you do yeah. you do game shows, you do sitcoms, and and for me, maybe I'm completely wrong, but the way I read it with you is that you you jump in with both feet. And there you were saying, going up in an aeroplane, the idea of jumping out of a plane absolutely terrifies you. But all of these other things, am I right in thinking you jump in with both feet with open arms? Um, yeah, yeah, but do you know what? If something goes badly, I don't do it again. So, really? you know, like, yeah. So, um, you know, like people will go, oh, that went badly. I want to do that show again to show I can do it. Absolutely not. No, thank you. Did badly or never mind the buzzcocks. Thank you very much. I can't do that show. I'll move on. Dealt with. Never doing yes. that again. Yeah, I Which like is that. weird. And it's I completely get that. different no, I get that. stuff now. But I'm like, yeah. oh, I'll just write that bit of my life off. I don't need to prove that to anyone. So if something goes badly, I'm done with it. What if it's a huge success? Would you go back and do it again? It's like a, you know, if you had a hit album and it goes straight to number one and it sells millions around the world, would you go back and do album number two or would you go, thank you very much, I've done the album? Oh, that's a good question, Gabby, which obviously will never happen. But um, the question, no, well, that's an interesting one in terms of like, like I love quizzes, right? So I love yeah. quizzes on TV. Uh, I did Pointless and we won Pointless and... I, I've been asked to do that again, and I'm absolutely not doing that. I'm quitting while I'm ahead with that one. There we go. There we go. Yeah. Taskmaster But you did it with well. Taskmaster because you won, and then you were the champion of champions with Greg's name tattooed on. I know, Have you still yeah. got so that? I, is that a real tattoo? Yeah, that is a real tattoo, yeah. Yeah. Have you still got it? I, yeah. Because I don't know. Wow. It's quite weird with my daughter because she obviously can't read. And she's not she's called right, Greg. She's, she's three and a half. She's not called Greg. Oh, we had to call her Greg. Was the only what way about your new it? baby? Did you you could have called your new baby boy Greg? Greg, 
Yeah, I mean, you don't get many Greggs at baby age these days, do you? Yeah, but he you don't was like... a baby once. Was he? Have you oh, seen him? Not. He's too big to have been a baby. You're I right. I don't yeah. know if he was a baby yeah. once. No, you're he? right. You're right. But Taskmaster, you did go back and do, and you won again. You became the champion, I did of, champion champions. of champions. But yeah, but I would not do that again now. That's it. I'm done. If they they're doing another champion of champions for the next five series, so if they did 25 series, they'd have five champion <laughs> and of they champions. Will. They could do champion of champion of champions. I wouldn't do champion of champion of champions. I don't know whether any of these sentences are making sense to the listeners. No, anymore, I completely. I, I, I mean. understood. Do you know? I'm. I am. That's. It's the one thing that you do that I got. I wish they wouldn't just have comedians. I would love to do Taskmaster. Oh, Every time so- I watch it. I think that is the best fun. It's a gift. It's such a joy. It's it's nerve-wracking opening the envelope because you don't know what you're going to be made to do or asked to do, should I say. But um, it, that's nerve-wracking. But it's like, I remember like Sarah Pascoe described it to me as like, it's like your treat for doing all the shows that are really tough. Do you know what I mean? Is you get to do Taskmaster. <laughs> that's your treat. <laughs> is you get to play Alex Horn's weird little game. And that's, um, yeah, it's, it's so much fun. Never again. Never. Yeah, I'm going to remind you Never about again. when they've done the 25 and it's the champ, whatever you just said. Well, the yes. thing is, the thing is, Gabby, as well, once it comes to 25, my career might be in a position where I really need that gig. So, no, but then you you'll know. be going on, I'm a celebrity. Oh, oh, I don't know if I do that. <laughs> I don't know if I do that. I'm, I'm vegetarian, Gabby. It would make it very difficult in the yeah. Bush Tucker trials. Didn't you work I on did... Dora the Explorer magazine? Yeah, yeah. See, you're ready to be an explorer. You could do the jungle. <laughs> I don't There's know a, how there much is a I link there. Dora the Explorer. There's a slight, yeah, there is a link. I would say I did work on Dora the Explorer mainly from the position of um, a desk in West London rather than trekking through the jungle. Um oh. Yeah, sorry to break your heart on that, oh. Gabby. Oh, well. <laughs> I know. Oh, I don't know how I you envisage publishing. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not It's not how you believe it. Yeah, that was like what, the first job I had when I came to London. But what did, did... So you did work on Dora the Explorer magazine, but obviously you didn't explore, but you also yeah. worked on um, football magazines. So I know you've got the football yeah. podcast and you did football yeah. radio as well and... Yeah. Now this is another thing that I found you out speak, about you. You speak in the manner of someone I'm going to guess isn't a huge football fan. How did you know? Because I've never heard the phrase football radio before. Okay, on radio you <laughs> talked about football. How's that? <laughs> okay, yeah, no. I'm not judging I'm you not. for not being into football. No, no that's I'm fine. Not. No, I'm not. I'm not a fan. I don't know much about football. All I know is that my husband supports Chelsea. And he plays football still twice a week. He does seven aside and he loves it and it brings him joy. And that's enough. That was enough for me. I just, and I quite liked it. I did. I really did. I watched England and your mate Rob. Rob gave me (laughs) a tremendous amount of joy throughout. He even texted me late at night on one of them. Did he? No, it was, no, it was very sweet. I think he said it was something like, I can't remember what I texted you. And he hadn't texted me. So that was fine. <laughs> I didn't 
wouldn't he mind. He became England's unofficial mascot for the tournament, didn't really he? Really did. But I have to say, I loved it. I was heartbroken by the reaction of the um, some of okay, a few of the fans. I was disgusted uh, because I thought I remember walking through London uh, on my way to work, and I was walking through London, and I went live on the radio when I arrived at work and said. Wow, I haven't seen London like this since the 2012 Olympics. There was joy, everybody of every age, every yeah. colour, every religion, yeah. every everything, all arm yeah. in arm, uh, or as up. they could be, obviously, in COVID. And they had their England shirts and kids were laughing. It was a joy. And then cut Absolutely. to four days later and the abhorrent behaviour of those people towards those incredible footballers just sickened me. Couldn't agree. I'd say that is the perfect description of the summer we went through. I thought mm. it, it was a. It felt like a uniting event up until the end. It felt like a uniting event after the kind of almost the country needed after the eighteen months yeah. it's had before. Yeah. And I thought, you know, from Gareth Southgate to all of the squad, they were kind of the kind of people we needed to bring us together. And then obviously. Not what quite, a gent. but what a what a man, yeah. what a human being he is. See, I can Loved talk him. football a little bit. You there can. Do you know a what? Little. Do you know what? You summed it up far better than people that are paid to talk about football. <laughs> I don't know if my husband would agree with you, but thank you. <laughs> Bless you, Josh. Um, I mean, I would last... still be disappointed if I turned on Match of the Day and you were one of the pundits, though, Gabby. Yeah, they, they expect the other Gabby, not me. It's the other yes, Gabby. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It'd be very confusing. Although I do get lots of messages, people saying, why did you say that? And thank, I like your blue jacket. I think, that's great. I'm sitting here watching an 80s film. I don't know how they know what I'm wearing. <laughs> and there's certainly no football in it. Um, can we talk about Last Leg Is she leg getting well? questions going? Is yeah. she getting texts going, yeah, I loved your motor mouth? Is she that... does. She does. We're going right. to get to 90s. Don't worry. We're going to sorry, get to Sorry. No, no, no. TV. Sorry. Yeah. No, last we are. Leg, I'm, I'm, I'd no, love to talk about last leg. We are. No, we are. Um, yeah. Last leg. Uh, it That works. I know this is a really weird phrase. And I was I was thinking about last leg. And I just mm. thought it, it just, it works. The three of you are a complete and utter delight. Each of you. Um, are honestly a delight. You have you naughty humour. You all have, which I always call that twinkle, but yes. it just it just works. And I think that's I, and I mean that with my arms around all three of you. It. I'm going to say it again. I'll say it again. I'm boring myself, <laughs> but it just works, doesn't it? But I think that's what it is. I think it started out that first um, series in 2012. People loved it because it kind of. Spoke about disability in a way it had never been spoken about before, which obviously is, I I take no credit for. Obviously, Adam and Alex are kind of leading the charge on that. And it also captured a moment when it was the Paralympics cut through and everyone was on this high. And I think since then, when we've had to talk about, you know, possibly seven years of utterly depressing news, it's it's become not about the news, but it's become about the relationship between the three of us. Mm. And it's become... You know, it's it's almost like a sitcom in that sense. Do you know what I mean? You've all got the, the regular character. The, we're all different characters and we're all different people. And you know maybe how we'd react to different situations and stuff like that. And we all make each other laugh. And that, that I think that's very rare in a show where you we were put together, but we've got the chemistry of friends, if you know what I mean. So 
but so you and Rob obviously get on fantastically. You and James in hypothetical. Another show. In fact, I I I suddenly realised I, I am a super fan. This is very embarrassing. There you go. <laughs> Thank you, Gary. But hypothetical as well. That that work. Oh, it's just great. Oh, oh and how it works. It, but it is about relationship. All of those are all about relationships. And actually, let's go to let's go to your book. Congratulations on your book. Wow, watching Neighbours twice a day. You and I could talk 90s um, television till the cows come home. I'm very lucky to have been a, a, a part of um, that time. Central to it, I'd say. No, 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 no. But um, but you can you look back and you can see those relationships that absolutely and utterly worked. And I, and I really do put you three on the last leg, but also you and Rob. I want you and Rob to do more together. I really yeah, do. do you know, it works. Do you know what this is interesting about this? Is like you get a lot of kind of TV people that are like, oh, how would we do the podcast as a TV show or whatever? And you go, what I love about it is that it's a podcast. Do you know what I mean? And I yes, love oh, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I love how we get to do, we get to say whatever we want to say within legal reason, obviously. We get to record, you know... It's just us and Michael, the producer, and we've kind of created this thing. And there's there's a huge freedom. I don't know if you find that with this, that you just go... Yeah, kind of, completely. Podcasts are just the most... I just adore the freedom of doing it. It's so much fun. And you go, I'm just going to go upstairs for 45 minutes and have a laugh with my mate, and that's what I'm going to call work today. I don't have to drive into the BBC. So I kind of... We're kind of... I'd love to do other stuff with Rob. I mean other I stuff. I don't of, mean your yeah, podcast. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean yeah, other stuff. Because I love, totally. obviously, we all love him with Romesh. And I love you, like I said, I love you with James. But I just think there's something, and I know you've done other stuff on telly with Rob, but there's, I just think it works. The relationship, oh God, I get, I'm really boring myself. I keep saying it no, works. No, not at all. But, I think it's really but, interesting. But then when you look at some relationships, they don't necessarily, and you do feel that it's been put together and I know you said that about last leg and that now you guys are all mates and you get on and you know each other's sense of humor but sometimes it doesn't work and in 90s television there were some there were some incredible I mean you think about the word that was a show yeah. and a half wow yes yeah that was a uh, that was an intent I mean that was a very different I don't think you'd get the word on television now would you um no that no that was kind of the most, kind of the purest 90s TV show in a way, wasn't it? And it was just took it to the kind of nth degree. It was a really, like, 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 but the first, like, exposure I had to that kind of show was when I watched The Big Breakfast, which was a similar type of zoo TV or whatever you call it a show. I'd have been, what, 92 would that be? So I'd be nine. And I turned that on and I was like, what the? F is going on. This is like something I've never seen before in my life. And it's Did on you at say at nine what the F is going on? At nine. <laughs> you knew there was a swear word, but you just used F. I love that. Nine-year-old with four people in your class. Yeah, I just thought, you know, my grand doesn't need to hear me say fuck. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, so, I know, but like, that was the first exposure I had that TV could be like that. Do you know what I mean? That you could see the floor manager, not that I knew what a floor manager was, or you could see the crew, that it could go wrong and a man could fall off a chair and it could stay in the <laughs> show because it's live and it could all go, you know, that's the thrill of it, right? And yeah. um, 
that was the first experience I had of that kind of show. And also, it was in the morning, so it was like, what? I don't understand what's happening here. It blew my mind, really. Mark Lamar on a doorstep, and then, like, like you and Chris Evans bantering with the news guy before he did the headlines, and then someone's in a pool on a tea bag trying to get a sugar lump or whatever. It was, <laughs> like, crazy. It so was. Crazy. It was. And it, it was it was tremendous fun. But the 90s were were the TV of the 90s. And, you know, you're saying about watching, you know, because it's called about Neighbours, watching Neighbours twice a day. and But TV really, really moulded you, didn't it? I mean, you, you got so yeah. much from television. I think I lived in Devon, nothing happened. Um, and also, and I just kind of watched, I spent my childhood watching television and that's how I experienced the world. It was really weird in that sense, like... Like so no, much I of my memories. I did too. Yeah. And your memories are television shows in a way, and also childhood, but like television is so central to it. And it kind of, that's how I related to the world, and that's how I understood everything, and that's how I received all of my information because there was no other, you know, I wasn't reading a newspaper and I didn't have, and the internet didn't exist, or it did, but it was rubbish for the second half of the 90s. And so, you, you know. No one was actually going on the internet until about 2003, unless they're a real nerd. And I was a real nerd, but not that much of a nerd. But um, it was everything to you. And it was central to your experience of life, because it was like everyone watched Neighbours at my school, and then the next day everyone talked about Neighbours. And if you hadn't watched Neighbours, you were effed, to use the uh, terminology that I would have used at the age of nine. Yes. Um, <laughs> like, you were absolutely effed. You were... But like it was, it was so central to my life. It's mad to think of it now. I didn't realise at the no, time. No, I don't that that think it weird. is mad. What else? What else was so neighbours? And you went into school to talk about it. And thank you for mentioning the big breakfast. That's very sweet that you remember it. But but um, but what other shows were real sort of core like to your learning? Gladiators was a big deal for me. I loved Gladiators. And what's kind of weird now is obviously my job, and you get to meet most. people famous people at some point or another and the people that make me most excited are like when you meet jet from gladiators or something and you're like <laughs> oh i've met like you know film stars through the last leg i've been on graham norton with you know with uh, i don't I, I don't know i've been on Kev, graham norton with tina fey or whatever or wow you know ed sheeran I did not react to them like I reacted when I met Jet from Gladiators. <laughs> like, this, it's mad. Like, these, these are the people that really, like, blow my mind and excite me. We had... So, for the podcast this week, we had... Uh, that I do with Rob. We had Pat Sharp, right, as our guest. People are going mad for it. There's something about those those people, like Pat Sharp or Jet from Gladiators, that... For my generation, they mean so much more to them than if you'd got, you know, I don't know, Noel Gallagher on or something. Do you know what I mean? There's something know, about these people. That's that very just... interesting because um, Neil Buchanan. We as wouldn't you know, say no uh, to Noel Gallagher, obviously. Let's just no, be very clear no, on that right, if he's yeah, listening. Yeah, uh, of course he listens to this. Um, uh, <laughs> but Neil Buchanan, who, because you asked me to, so I messaged Neil Buchanan, Mr. Art Attack, and when, but when I mentioned Neil's name to you when I was on your podcast, I. I I could. Uh, your reaction was so <laughs> incredible. 
you couldn't believe that I knew Neil Buchanan. And then I, I messaged him and then we spoke to each other and he thought I was taking the piss. I went, no, I'm really... He went, Josh Widdicombe. I went, yes. He went, don't be ridiculous. I went, no, I'm honestly telling you. He couldn't believe that you and me were still mates and that I knew Mr. Art Attack and Mr. Motormouth. And he just, honestly, he was like, no, don't be, don't, not, not Josh Widdicombe. I went, Yes. <laughs> And it's, it's you're so, not taking the piss. You actually really no, don't feel like this about all these yeah, people. Yeah, of course, because these people were central to my life growing up. These people were so important. And that's the point at which you're so, not suggestible, that's the wrong word, but, you know, your memories as a child are so much more vivid, so much more powerful. The emotions you feel are so much more powerful. No one's actually that excited about uh, meeting a musician that they've loved since they were 30 do you know what I mean but they are excited about meeting someone that was on tv when they were 10 that because that's when the person on tv felt otherworldly and they felt kind of from a completely different fantasy world where you know Neil Buchanan was making a picture of the queen from old laundry that was four miles long do you know what I mean or whatever oh listen I you're you're talking you know I was exactly the same when I met the presenters of Blue Peter I literally I remember meeting Michael Aspel I honestly because he was he was on telly when I was a child and and I I, it was that and Donny Osmond uh, and people always say who the people you're most excited about meeting and yeah probably in my mind it would be the Blue Peter presenters and Donny Osmond because they were on my telly and I lived e- yeah. like everything. Television was my world like it was for you. So I get that. I completely get your love of it. But I'm going to throw in something here, which oh, no. it does sound a bit oh. heavy, but I, I'm, I've been quite outspoken about it. But do you think that TV today is too safe compared to what um, it was like? I don't know. In the sense of, I can totally I it see. Is. It is. <laughs> naughty on television. Gabby, I think you've just answered your own question. Yeah, I have. I want to know from you. I'm sorry. I can't. I just can't believe you're going to say it's not too safe. No, no, no. I tell you what I miss is I do miss that what you want is that feeling that anything could happen. And I miss that. Yes. Yeah? And um, I don't think you get that as much as... Like, when you watch something like TFR Friday, it is astonishing how kind of Skin, whether this is, you know, how much of it's put upon for the show, but it's astonishing how skin of the teeth, how how many mad things they were doing, how many kind of strange kind of, um, you know, risks they were taking. That's amazing and that's exciting. Um, and then, yeah, I don't think you'd have that anymore. And I think that's a real shame. And I think that's why people would gravitate towards a podcast or they would gravitate towards stuff that people make themselves on the internet and stuff because it's beholden to less you know things it's it's not need when you're doing a podcast well you do have adverts but you're not really thinking about the advertisers do you know what i mean you're not worrying about the financing of the show and all that kind of stuff and that's kind of i think yeah i i i, I think there's more ways now that you can get that stuff that you're maybe looking for from TV, you were getting from TV in the 90s, that now is maybe coming from other areas, mm. if you want to that's find that. Very that's very interesting. Yeah, that's very interesting. I mean, I think Last Leg takes risks. It does. It definitely takes risks. Um, but also, it, um, you know, I think 
it would be a lot easier for us to book it if we weren't taking as many risks and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? I think it's very difficult to book big movie stars and stuff for Last Leg, I think, because of it's live. You might have to talk about Donald Trump. Well, not now, but obviously. Um, but you might again. You know, there's all these things that maybe now just people wouldn't touch with a barge pole because the PR would just go, it's not worth the, it's not worth, the juice isn't worth the squeeze on that one, which I think is a real shame. So maybe it comes down to that then. Maybe it comes down to the, the, the readily available social media and the speed at which people have an opinion on something. The, the amount of things that happen in 90s TV or 2000s TV that, you know, up to about 2012 that would have just got completely lost. You know, you feel like people are tr- people are watching TV shows and they're on Twitter at the same time. Do you know what I mean? There's this, mm. there's this instant reaction, which is such a bad way to watch a TV show. Do, Do you? you know come I mean? on, you just, must, I bet you've done it, though. Oh, uh, yeah, but I try. I don't barely look at Twitter now because I just find it rots my brain. I find it yeah, a really negative thing. Um, and so I, I don't, like, I wouldn't want to do that. I wouldn't want to watch TV show along with other people on Twitter. But then I can see the appeal. You know, it's like watching TV with your mates. And at the, the one thing TV was in the 90s that it's not now was a communal experience. Yes. Like, everyone watched the same stuff at the same time and talked about it the next day. Now, if everyone's watching, you know, the same thing, it's usually Netflix. It'll be a, The Last Dance or something. And then you can't even talk about it because everyone's at different points in it. So someone's at <laughs> episode four, you're at episode two. You don't want to hear what they've got to say because they're going to give it away. So it's like TV couldn't be less communal now. I think that's, for me, the real different, the real shame compared to what it was like in the 90s. Oh, I agree. I completely... In fact, I'll just agree with everything you say. I'll say it now so I don't have to say I agree with you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Sitting down and writing a book, um, mm. and I, I can imagine that obviously because, okay, your, your wife was pregnant and you've got, as you say, um, you've only got a three-month-old uh, uh, baby. Mm and no sleep and everything. But writing a book was, I presume you did this quite a while ago. It was uh, kind of during lockdown, yeah. So how did how did you choose what to put in it? Because somebody who was so deeply um, entrenched in, in the 90s and television, and also your life, because it's about your life as yeah. well. It's, it's not kind just of like a parallel story of growing up yeah. in the 90s, told through... The TV shows that I loved, really, I suppose. And that's why it works. It. It's just, it is fantastic. Everyone, it's the rule that everyone has to go and buy it because it's just so good. But the... the I'd love to agree with you on that. How did you choose what you were going to put in it? Because to me, I there's, a, there's another few books, surely, to come out of Yeah, it. it's... Well, I wanted to... I just started. I didn't have a narrative in like I was just like, I'm going to just start by writing about thing. I think the first thing I wrote was Neighbours because I was like, that feels like a good start. 
and then I just slowly amassed the chapters together. There was things where I was like, I really want to write about this, this, and these things I have to write about. Neighbours. Um, Ghostwatch, I felt like, was a big deal to me in my childhood. That one-off thing with the haunting. Um, then, um, like, what were the other... Gladiators, Noel's House Party, all these things that I felt. And then I was just like, what else kind of do I need to... Has to hit to tell the story of what life was like from 1990 to 1999 and that kind of decade. And there's loads of things like, it's not like I've gone, what were the 20 biggest TV shows? I don't do Friends. I don't, the show. Yes, yeah. I don't talk about Friends because I feel like, I don't really feel like Friends is part of the 90s. Do you know what I mean? It feels like it's just kind of transcended that completely. Um, so I don't do big shows like that. And there's some others that I talk about that, are only important to me, but I just, I wanted it to be my personal journey from the age of kind of seven to the age of 17 or whatever it would be. And, um, that, that is what it is actually. I, I, I can do the maths and, um, <laughs> I, I don't know why I, um, and, um, and so I just chose a combination of everything that I felt was important and everything that was important to me. Cause I don't think you, I I wouldn't describe this as a definitive history of what it was like to live in the 90s for everyone, but it's definitely it's you. Yeah. a sum up of my experience of 10 years. And the people that have read it who are kind of my age have kind of gone, yes, that was my, that is exactly what my childhood was. <gasps> wow. Yeah. That's quite a responsibility then, isn't it? You're speaking yeah, I for think... all the, everybody. <laughs> or for, I many, obviously, for many, for many. For many. I, I just think like, it was so central to our lives, like television. So things were getting like 15, 20 million viewers. Everyone was watching these things. So everyone was living these same existences in different houses around the country, really, I think. And and so it was apart from obviously those few kids that didn't have a TV, who were parents, just read books with them. Poor bastards. I've suddenly remembered uh, um, uh, an anecdote about Bl- Blind Date was in the night. did carry on in the 90s that would be, it was 90s, yeah that did carry on in the 90s yeah it was kind of 80s 90s and I remember do, at some event and I said something about blind date and all these people go right I don't watch it don't watch it did you see the time that that woman fell over yeah. do you did you see the time go hold on you just said you didn't watch it oh well, it might have been on in the background <laughs> yeah. there was that wonderful thing about everybody watching you know 25 as you say 20 25 million people were watching it on a Saturday night before they went out and nobody would admit they watched it but Still, 20 million oh, people were doing yeah. so. It's, it's totally. the same. It's like, it's like Beatles About or something. Everyone claimed to hate Jeremy Beadle. Yeah, he was the most popular television presenter in the world. Do you know what I mean? In Britain. Like, do you know what? And it's like, but the reason was, there was four channels. Do you know what I mean? And you yeah. wanted the TV to be on because you didn't have a phone to look at. So the TV was on in the evenings. And if you hated Jeremy Beadle, you probably... He was still more entertaining than the other three things, so you might as well watch him. What else are you going to do? Stare at the wall. Do you know what I mean? There was, was literally that kind of situation where the TV was so central to our lives. Uh, is it and like you that watched with your it. daughter? Now you, you watch... You watch, sorry? I just want to know if you're like that with your daughter. Do you let your, your daughter watch as much television as you did? Or are you stricter? Um, she's not as into it as I was. I'm not limiting her time on screen uh her screen time uh she but that's because we haven't got in a position where we've needed to do you know what i mean um but she's you know i don't know 
when I'm hungover or something, and I, or like a bad parenting day, <laughs> it, it's like me going, me pushing the TV on her, and she's like, no, I want to go and play. You're like, oh, come on, mate. <laughs> Let's just watch some Mr. Tumble. Give me a break here. Come on. I need this. I just need uh, to sit down. Just give me half an hour of tumble. Come on, mate. Oh, I'm with you. I remember doing that with my eldest. She's now just turned 20. But I remember it was sort of six in the evening and it would just be that time you just think, oh, come on, just uh, just watch telly. <laughs> just sit in yeah, front of the telly. Like, come on, mate. People were so disgusted en- when I said that. I know. If anything, like I'm pushing TV on my daughter rather than the other way around, <laughs> which is... Just one more, one more episode of Sarah and Duck, and then we'll go out. Go on, <laughs> just give me that, please. It's nine minutes. Oh. You can you can watch it for nine minutes. <laughs> so, how's the baby? How how is it being a uh, having a baby back in? It's tough, mate. It is, isn't it? It's tough. Yeah. It's so tough. No sleep, and like, then the TV. I mean, can you hear my daughter that? screaming there? No, um, I didn't. Oh, I can hear. You it, see that? Is that her there? Well, my daughter's just woken up from a nap and she's been screaming for about... The last 20 minutes I've done with the vague screaming in the distance. And I've thought, I'm sure Gabby can't hear this because she'd have mentioned it. No, we can't. We can't. That's good. So, um, yeah, no, it's just... Having two is relentless. I mean, (laughs) everyone told me. Everyone told me. But I didn't listen. I genuinely thought... I was like, that first two or three months would just be like... When my daughter's at nursery, we'll just sit in front of the TV and relax, really, won't we? And, like, watch the Olympics and stuff. And you're like, no, this is... God. I mean, the only good thing about it, as opposed to the first one in terms of just the ease, is at least I had already lost my social life. So I've got none of that (laughs) has lost again. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's no moment where I've gone, like, oh. Like, the first time you have a child, you're like, oh, my God, I... This is my Saturday night now. Oh, my Saturday night is trying to get a child to sleep. But now, I don't even remember what I'm trying to miss from Saturday nights. So that's good. But it's pretty intense. But he started sleeping in the last week. He started to sleep a bit more. But yeah, not and in then the he'll way wake where... up. He'll wake up because he'll be teething. And then you'll have it oh, all over man. again. Yeah. Oh, God, you'll, never, yeah. you'll remember People talk it. about the four-month sleep regression. You're like, what am I... Really... I wish it was a bit more linear. Do you know what I mean? Because just when you think you've got a handle on it, that's when it goes wrong. But conversely, just when you think it's awful, something nice will happen and it will make you go, oh, this is worth it. But it's great that you speak like this. My uh, producer that I'm working with at the moment, he's uh, got exactly the same age kids uh, as yours. And he just, (laughs) this morning when I went in, and uh, he just went, oh, mate, please... Why does nobody tell you having two? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I slammed the, the freezer door and it broke because I just, I'm tired. Oh, my I can't. word. And I said, yeah, no, yeah, and it doesn't get easier because of the teething. And he said, but why did people not say this? And I said, <laughs> you've got to listen to Rob and Josh. you just got to because they said it is. It's too late for him. It's too late for him. But <laughs> this is the thing with it. It is going to be worth it because I do want it is. to have siblings. It is worth I'm, it, I promise. I, I am not, and I repeat this, having a third. There is no way, no way. Does your wife I, know I, this? Yes, she agrees with me. But then, oh, they'll, you know, you'll get a smile off the baby and you'll be like, well, maybe one more. And they're like, no. God, you've got to, I need to write notes to my phone, to myself in my phone or something. 
at the at the three a.m. moments and go. <laughs> you have to remember this is happening. Okay, so somebody who's is two and they're twenty and fourteen now. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to remind you every so often. I'm going to I'm going to WhatsApp you maybe in about yeah. six months. I'm just going to send you a random WhatsApp, just saying no, yeah. don't. Just saying no, yeah. don't. Do you know and you'll what? think, what is she talking about? And then I'll say, I promise it gets easier. It's, I just hope. Because this, I, my daughter, she wakes up very badly from naps. So this is my three-year-old. She's been screaming for 20 minutes, right? This shouldn't be happening during an interview. This isn't professional for me. <laughs> yeah. she, it, it never. That's why podcast. Never on Parkinson was the guest also listening to their child screaming in a floor <laughs> below them. Do you know what I mean? That is, that is not how you're producing your best work. That you're just like, this is not. That's this is you. not conducive to the working that's environment. You. That's you, and that's why everybody loves you. That's it. Full stop. End of. I mean, that's exactly why. Because people you say enjoy it, my like, suffering. Yeah, completely. They love it. They love that you're you're not sleeping, that your daughter is screaming <laughs> when she comes out of a nap, and that she's crying in the background. That's how it should be. Um, so we ask everybody on this podcast what makes them properly belly laugh, and you said there's not been much yeah. laughing for the past twelve weeks, but uh, you love a giggle. So apart from uh, Rob uh, on your podcast um, uh, what makes you properly belly laugh and lose it and giggle um, well I don't think I think it's oh, I think do you know what I've kind of got a di- you get in these this sounds a weird thing to be really into but like whatsapp groups with friends where there's they they build and build where it started for some reason and then it just the conversation continues for years and there's strings of in jokes that don't I don't know if other people have this but where, where, you know things will happen in the group or whatever maybe people will have jokes attached to them or whatever and that these jokes have gone on for years and it builds and builds and the longer it goes on and I I'll get texts and WhatsApps on these groups and I'll be so excited because it's like. It's like far funnier than anything you see on television. It's far funnier than anything you hear on the radio or on a podcast or whatever. Because often it'll be, you know, you'll be in a group with comedians or whatever. And it's like, it's just so much more extreme. And it's based on like six years of quiet. To get the jokes, you have to have been in there and read every text for six years. Do you know what I mean? And you're like, <laughs> this is really rewarding. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's how some people feel about reading a great novel or whatever. But you're in a WhatsApp group, you're like, I've really worked for this to understand that joke that references three other jokes in the last six years. And that kind of stuff, I absolutely live for. Because I think that's like so much human connection now. You can, while we're blocked off from each other, there are things where you're like, I'm far more in touch with my friends than I would have been before my phone. Do you know what I mean? And I find that really rewarding. So occasionally, my child will be struggling to get to sleep and it'll be my wife's turn to rock him and I'll look at my phone and I'll be thinking I can't laugh in this situation because it's 3am <laughs> and I've told her that I'm checking the train times for tomorrow or whatever <laughs> uh, and you just want to you just that that I find I adore that and then you know you I don't think you ever laugh as much at something that's written or on TV or anything as you do in real life, do you? Do you know what I mean? I yeah. think, as you say, you're into people falling over. Yeah. I think people... It is people 
messing up in real life is far funnier than, you know, not to go back to what's that, but someone sending the wrong text to a group or someone, you know, d- you know, getting an email that you shouldn't, that someone is meant to send for their wife and it's <laughs> got the wrong... All of that, you know. Like, I, d- I literally just got a text about an hour ago about this birthday party that we were organising for my daughter. And it was like, it was from a mum that I've never met before. And then she called me babe. And then she texted me a minute later and said, I didn't mean to call you babe. And I thought, she's just had an absolute nightmare. <laughs> and I'm so <laughs> delighted. And that's made me so happy. And have it, you I ever find... said that to someone? You must have. Bank manager. I, I, I actually, yeah. I said to my... To, oh, to my accountant, that was it. I said to my accountant at the end of the phone call, <laughs> oh, I'm embarrassed. I said, love you. And then I realised oh, I said yeah, it. Totally. Oh, yeah, oh. totally. No. Do you know what? When, when I was at university, I got an email, not an email, a text from my flatmate who, it was like 11 in the morning and his girlfriend had just left. And it was for his girlfriend and I can still remember it word for word. And it was absolutely effing mortifying it was um just wanted to give you he'd obviously called her she hadn't picked up so he'd, he'd written uh just wanted to give you a snuggle call um hope you're having a snunky time <laughs> monker loves monkey and i thought that is the most mortifying thing <laughs> you could ever send to your flatmate rather than to your girlfriend <laughs> like so sickening so much sickening kind of <laughs> chat all this see all these secret words they've got together all this kind of this window into the do you know what we never mentioned it me and the flat i was i was too mortified to even bring it out i was too i was too embarrassed for him but obviously i've committed it to memory for podcasts in the future oh that is just fantastic yeah all of those things do you know what can i just add though that something that makes me laugh is you. And I'm going to start, I'm going to end where we started. You've got funny bones and thank you for, for bringing us all such joy, especially over the past um, couple of years, because we've all needed it. And when people, I have to say that when people talk about what makes them laugh, um, so often people talk about you. So on behalf of all of them, I like a royal, I I feel very royal. (laughs) I'm thanking you on behalf of the people. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Gabby. I obviously no, I've no, always been a big fan, and it's a pleasure just to uh, and uh, and I, f- I follow you on Instagram, and you're having the best time of anyone I follow. You <laughs> you I'm seem to stupid. be enjoying life far I'm more than stupid. anyone I've ever met. And um, no, you just I, do you know what? It's just being stupid, and I don't care who thinks I'm stupid. <laughs> and if somebody says, "God, you're really stupid," I go, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, that's me." There it's more fun. Do you know what? Being silly is just so much better than being serious. It really is. And thank you for for. And I'm off to tell my daughter that while she screams at me in the face. (laughs) Yeah, go and put her in front of the telly quickly. Put her in front of the telly. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Get an old show out. Put it on. (laughs) Um, Josh, congratulations on the book as well. And uh, I know you've got a tour. You've got the tour. Oh, yeah, I have got a tour. I have got a tour. I forgot about that. You're touring. You're doing gigs and you're doing a book tour. So I love it yes. on your website. It says, don't get the sort of, this is the book tour. So don't be disappointed if it's not the standard. I, so people... Yeah, don't be don't be disappointed if it isn't as funny as the normal tour. It will but be. But it will, you know. It will be because you're a, you, it's your bones. Your funny bones. Thank you, my lovely. Get to your Thank kids you. and bless you. And I will see you in real life soon. Cheers, mate. Always a Lots pleasure. Lots of love. Bye-bye. Speak soon. Bye. 
Next week, I'm so excited to chat to the talented actor Lucifer himself from the hugely successful Netflix show Lucifer. It's Tom Ellis. That Gabby Roslin podcast is proudly produced by Cameo Productions. Music by Beth Macari. Could you please tap the follow or subscribe button? And thanks so much for your amazing reviews. We honestly read every single one and they mean the world to us. Thank you so much.